This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. This being the day of commemoration on Juno Beach was watching earlier where dignitaries, including our own prime minister, were giving uh, rather heartfelt and poignant speeches in commemoration. But, uh, you know, a lot of times lost in all of the overarching big themes are the personal stories. And when we drill down on those in a very granular way, Kevin Gadette, who's a friend of this program from Bright Point Strategy, appears on our uh, panels uh, regularly was with us yesterday, and in the aftermath, uh, we were talking about one such story that uh, directly touches him, and uh, so I wanted him to reprise that for us here. I think it's a poignant reminder of how these things work when it comes to that. It's not just a historic milestone, but there are very, very personal stories in play generations later. Kevin, good to have you on the Oakley Show this afternoon. I know you're up in Ottawa with your daughter at the War Museum, are you? Uh, We will be at the War Museum later, Johnny. Thank you. It is a great day for Commemoration Radio. Well, I wanted to start with your particular story as you related it to me yesterday. And really, uh, the pickup point here is it started with the arrival of a telegram to a home in London, Ontario, uh, back in 1944. But it was, I believe, June 19th. We're talking about the 6th now being D-Day. Fill in the backstory, and then uh, as it implicates things going forward. Sure. Thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity. I was sitting on a plane a couple of years ago with General Walter Natinshuk, former Chief of Defense Staff, and he was asking me, he could tell somehow that I'd served in the military, and uh, we started talking about my family's backstory, and he pointed out that there are generational impacts from those who served, uh, and, and in my case, those who served in, in World War II. I don't mean I did, but my, my family's history did. So my father's biological father uh, joined from London, Ontario, the Sherbrooke Fusiliers, and he was a lieutenant uh, in uh, seconded to the 25th Armour. They landed on the beach of Normandy uh, in Juneau Beach. After the beach had been taken, they landed the armor, and they swept inland on D-Day, and the Germans counterattacked, and, and in, he led his platoon's defense of the counterattack on D-Day. Um, you know, D-Day and the landing wasn't just the beach. There was a little more to it than that, uh, not to diminish that in any way, shape, or form, obviously. And we lost, uh, as a nation, 340 people died that day. But my grandfather, like others, was wounded that day, and he died of his wounds uh, two weeks later. What was poignant for me, reading the telegram, John, was, was being reminded that, you know, back in the day, my grandmother, all she knew was her husband had gone to war. She knew he was in England. Uh, one day she saw the news, and Normandy landing had happened. And suddenly, two weeks later, out of the blue, she gets a telegram, a knock on the door and a telegram, and the telegram literally says in 50 words, we regret to inform you that your uh, Lieutenant John Henry Casey has been wounded uh, on a date to be confirmed and has died of his wounds. Uh, Further information will be forwarded should we obtain it. That was it. Um, Out of the blue, a telegram, 50 words, her husband's dead, the father of her children's dead, and she and her family are left to pick up the pieces. Really, uh, again, you know, distress where some people may not understand or appreciate the gravity of it. I mean, there was no Internet, obviously, and uh, there wasn't all uh, that we now see with uh, trying to uh, have somebody come there, you know, in terms of uh, 
uh, a grief counselor or whomever. It's just stone cold knocking the door. Here's the telegram. Uh, you got it, you know, very precisely put in uh, a short uh, memorandum there, 50 words, as you say, or less. And she's basically left to fare for herself. There is no support network. Is that right? Well, it was 1944. We did not have the tools, the, the government supports, the, the, the networks and communities that, that we do today. You know, you had your church, you had your family. Um, and, and in the case of my grandmother, when we talk about familial impacts, uh, she, I can't remember exactly the details, but she ended up meeting another World War II veteran uh, whose last name I now bear, Gaudette or Goody from PEI. She met him and married him, and he adopted my father and his young brother and moved them to Charlottetown PEI. So my four-year-old, then four-year-old father had been told, you're now the man of the house, your father's dead, look after your mom, look after your brother. It's your now your responsibility to take care of the family. This is a a four-year-old boy who bore that burden for his whole life uh, as an emotional burden, which he shared with me uh, not too long ago, and, and, and how it framed his outlook on life from, you know, he never knew his biological father. He grew up as an adopted boy in a home uh, far away from the family that he thought he'd known uh, as, as an adopted son. And look, at there, there are benefits, don't get me wrong. You know, I've got great family and he was well-loved, but these, these war impacts have impacts on families that trickle down for generations, I think. Right. Uh, the point being, obviously, the casualties of war are, are not just in the immediate numbers uh, and those who are slain on the battlefield, but uh, they reverberate through generations, as the case is, and uh, continue forward. How it informs people's upbringings, points of view, uh, the relationships, and so on and so forth. And you're a testament to that. Uh, solidly, of course, ensconced in small-c conservative values and uh, having served in the military as well, but it's a generational thing. I guess it continues on. Uh, There's a lineage there, I guess I'm saying, or a link uh, to a certain past. But uh, it's a fabulous story, and I just thought, you know, just briefly come on and share that aspect, a very personal uh, one with us, you know, because in the broad sweep of things, we see, you know, wreaths being laid and so on and so forth. But at the very granular level, I'm sure there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, of stories with similar impact, and I appreciate your sharing our, uh, yours this afternoon. And uh, with your daughter up there at the War Museum, obviously it's uh, going to be a poignant reminder to her of uh, what has transpired and continues to uh, live through the bloodline. You know, I appreciate that. Thank you. And and and, I, and if I do, I don't mean to imply in any way that our our story is unique. It's obviously unique and personal to me. But as you point out, uh, the impact must be felt across tens and hundreds of thousands of families across the country, and these are important reasons for us to remember so that our children don't have to face the burdens and sacrifices the generations before us had to. Very well stated. Kevin, it's always appreciated. Thanks. Enjoy your time up there in the nation's capital. Thanks, Tony. Have a good day. And you. Kevin Gaudet again from Bright Point Strategies, also a contributor to the Oakley program from time to time. This was one of those times. So he's up in Ottawa, and he's at the War Museum. I've never been. I've been to uh, the British one, but that's a trip to take, I guess, all the museums up there in Ottawa. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.